0: Hebrews chapter 10 and verse, uh, I think it is, 38. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. I'm going to review a little bit. I want you to get this. I'm not just here to preach some message. This is a very important message. Message from my father to you and to me. So we're going to review a little bit. But before I do, have you talk to the Father today. That will let you know where you are where you're at spiritually. Because if you haven't taken time to talk to him, you're in you're in trouble. You're in a bad situation place spiritually. You understand that? Yes. So look in Hebrews chapter 10, and verse 38, how, how the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back my soul, shall have no pleasure in him. My heavenly Father, I am soul faithful. For your presence being conscious of your presence and talking to you throughout the day lord it should be a good day you have blessed me in many ways lord i want you to i want your blessings upon this service lord i want to be obedient to you in everything i say and every Thing I do here behind this podium, Lord, I want it to bring glory to you. Father, they they may be lost people right here in front of me. I pray they'll give their life to you tonight. And the believers that are here tonight, I hope that they will examine their life and want to be more than just a believer, but we want to be one that walked, walks as you have walked. Lord, that's your word. That's what you want for us. So, Father, I give you now the service, and I, I will say only what you would have me to say. I sure love you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Last night, I took you to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, but also took you to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. If you will turn there with me and let me read this verse and just review for a few moments. But without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please him or to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The way you got into the family of God is by having faith and believing that Jesus came and died for your sins and for mine and for the sins of the world, and the Holy Spirit drawed you, and you believed enough to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. That's the only way that you got into the family of God. But now, as we are in the family of God, he wants us to, to have faith, and not walk by sight, but walk by faith, and, and in James 1 verse 6 through 8, if you'll turn there, again, it is, it is so important. The Bible says in James 1 and verse 6 and verse, down to verse 8, the Bible says, but let him, let him, that's you and me, let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering, nothing doubting no hesitation for he that wavereth for he that doubteth for he that is walking by sight the Bible says and let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord so it's so important for us as God's people to to not not be people of unbelief because we saw last night unbelief oh my oh oh oh! it is it is a wicked sin it's not just sin it's wickedness it's evil and uh, when I saw that oh my heart just burst out with tears and I said oh God I don't want to be that wicked person. I don't want to be full of evil. And Father, help me to learn to walk by faith. And, uh, and God has helped me. I was sitting up here tonight. I'm hearing about a mother and a dad that lost a child. I, I've heard some other things today. I hear all these missionaries talk about needs and birth certificates and all this stuff. And let me tell you something. This is real. This is not playtime. This is no time to hang up. This is no time to quit. Because when we quit and when we don't have faith enough to, to have a relationship with God, let me, let me just tell you, we're going to let down our fellow fellow believers and Christians, amen. We're going to let them down. This suffering is real. These folks that are going through these things, it's real to them. It may not be real to us, but it's real to them. And we need that. But if we are hesitating, and if we are um, doubtful and full of unbelief, Let us not even think for one moment that we're going to have anything of the Lord. Do you understand that? Oh, this is so important. And then he said here, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And we touched on some of that last night. And in Mark 11, verse 24, therefore I, Jesus, say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe, have faith, and that ye receive them, and that ye shall have them. But how can we have them without faith? We can't. It goes right back to James again. We can't. We are unstable. We're being tossed here and tossed there. Up and down, in and out. But we don't need that. We need to be real Christians. Amen? We need to be people of faith. We need to be people of the book. Amen? But listen to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. When we are walking by faith, And nothing wavering, no doubting, no hesitation. God is able in our life to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So when we call in faith, God is able to do whatever he wants to do. Amen? Amen. And and that's it. That is such a good promise. I that I get I get the privilege to tell people every week, forty eight weeks a year, if you'll just have faith, God can do miracles in your life. But if we have that besetting sin in our life, that wicked thing that evil thing in our life it is like unbel- it is it's unbelief and unbelief clips our wings so that we are like little birds flying in the air and and flutter near the earth unbelief breaks the airs of our prayers so that they cannot cleave the skies Unbelief dulls our eyes to visions and of heavenly things and deadens our heart to deep impressions of our Father's love. Look in Romans 14.23. I must I must give this to you again tonight. Romans 14.23, and I've talked to some of you today about this. The Bible says, for whatsoever is not of faith, it is sin. Any element of a Christian life that does not involve a constant dependence upon God, a belief in his word and his promises, a reliance uh, to his faithfulness is wicked, I'll say it again. It is wicked. It is wicked. And it is sin. And as long as we are in sin, the Lord will not hear us. And so, I'm going to have to emphasize this again. Because we we play around with this. And and, and it's no time to play around. Even part of First Baptist Church, many of you are hurting and those of us that we may not understand what you're going through, but we need to have a, we may need to have a heart to pray for these people. Amen. Not just say we're going to pray, but we, we, we should take them to the throne of God. And if we are not walking in faith, we can't do it. And the Bible says in Hebrews 12 in verse 1, He commands us as Christians to lay aside every weight. And the sin which doth easily beset us. And i told you already that that sin is a sin of unbelief. Amen. The second thing I want you to look at, and I got into it a little bit last night, the second direction is a life that is inwardly right. A life that is sanctified. A life that is mortified. A life that is crucified. And, and we have to do it every day. We have to do it every morning. Before we even get out of bed, we have to kill ourselves. Amen? We have to kill ourselves. We have to, we have, because as long as we walk in the flesh and walk by sight, and, and uh, God can't do anything for us with us. We have to be inwardly right. This involves a clean heart. Psalm sixty-six eighteen, I've quoted it twice tonight. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me in all my regard means to recognize it, to cherish it. To be unwilling to confess it and forsake it, any non-sin that may be in our lives, so long as there is any non-sin, our sins, in any form in our hearts, a sin of our, our sins which we have not forsaken, such will act as a barrier between us and God. And listen, church, we must realize that God will not answer our prayers as long as we are not clean inside. Our Father is concerned about us. He is close enough to hear and close enough to help us. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. We walk around as if his hands is shortened. We walk around as if his ears are, are, are heavy, got wax in them. That's the way we walk around. Oh my, how we grieve the Holy Ghost how we quench the Holy Spirit. Isaiah got enough of that. He got enough of hearing the people. And he said, and he he quoted verse 1 to him. but he didn't just quote verse 1. He added something to that. Listen to what he said. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. I say that all over the country and out of the country. It's not God's fault that we're not having revival. It's not God's fault, folks that we're not seeing people saved in our ministries. It's not God's fault at all. It's our iniquities that have separated between you, us, and our God. We say we believe in God, but do we really? Really? These are answers. These are questions that we have to answer tonight. And then secondly, the bible says that we need to get rid of an unworthy, unforgiving, unchristian attitude towards our fellow man in a sure because it's a sure barrier to uh to effect his prayers oh my turn with me to Ephesians chapter four in verse thirty one in verse thirty two He said, Brother Beckham, why do you deal with this kind of stuff? Because if we don't deal with it, we cannot have a relationship with God. As long as these things are in our lives, we will never have a relationship with the Lord. Ephesians 4, verse 31, 32, the Bible says, And by the way, I said it last night, he's not talking to a bunch of lost people here. He's talking to a local church that had this stuff in, 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 in the midst of them. And the Bible says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. So as you go down through that list, is any of that in your life? You say, yes, Brother Beckham, really, I've already, the Lord has already spoken to my heart. Well, please listen to me. You don't have to wait until the invitation. You can come to these altars anytime you want to. I have seen hundreds of people at the altar even during the preaching and before the preaching. So feel free. You got bitterness in your heart. Feel free to come and get right where you can go back to the pew and enjoy the message. Amen. Maybe right now you're not enjoying it too much because you have the bitterness. You have the wrath. You have the anger. Maybe even today you blow blowed up at somebody. Clamber. Evil speaking. What does the Bible say to do with it? Put it away. Put it away. Crucify it. Mortify it. Kill it before it kills you spiritually. The first thing mentioned here is bitterness. Bitterness is the opposite of sweetness. Bitter words and actions show that the heart is not right. For only the mouth of the unrighteous is full of bitterness. Listen to Romans 3.14, talking about Wicked people, talking about lost people. This is what he said about those kind of people whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. And then Hebrews 12 and verse 15 says, Looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God, lest... Any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. Therefore, therefore, many will be defiled. So here you are. Even today, one of those things is spurred up in you. Have you asked God to forgive you? We will never have revival until we become honest with ourselves and with God. We have to do it. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26, Paul urged the believers, Be angry, sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Take care of it. Don't go to bed. Don't turn your back on your spouse. Oh my, get it right before you go to bed. Get it right before you leave the job, before you leave the church building. Someone rubbed you a little wrong. Get it right. Be angry and sin not. It is possible to be angry and not sin. From this verse, we must conclude that it is a possibility. What did the Lord do after they beat him, where man could not even tell who he was? Do you know, as I was reading the book of Isaiah, and there's a verse there in that passage of Scripture that, that just opened my eyes. They beat him until they—you couldn't even tell who he was. And the Bible said, "says," and he opened, if not his mouth. I wonder sometimes why God gave me two ears and one mouth. Have you ever wondered about that? I believe I know the answer. He wants to. To hear and listen more than we talk. When someone hurts you, do a good deed back to them. And not be so critical and bitter and unkind and unloving. Because as you are, those things, you will never be a man or a lady or a young person of prayer. It's impossible. But our Lord stood there. His body is weak. His knees may be buckled. And he opened not his mouth. Aren't you glad tonight that we have a Savior that loved us enough to keep his mouth shut? Amen? Amen? He kept his mouth shut. He could have said, I'm not the son of God. And they would have let him walk. But he stood there with a weak body. And he opened not his mouth. And someone asked me, why do you, why do you, why have you given your whole life, Brother Beckham, from age of 16 to 72, why in the world? My Father loved me. Amen? He loved me. He saved me. Why should I disappoint Him? Oh, my church, listen to me. So, here He is, is our example. And I have said this uh, maybe yesterday morning. I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to quench him. Why? Because I love him. Amen? And I'm not trying to be religious and and super spiritual. I'm just telling you, from my heart, I want to please him. But I can't please him if I have bitterness springing up in my life. I can't do it. And then there's also clamor, which means crying out and shouting and can, can mean loud threats. Pastors will tell me sometimes, Brother Beckham, I had a business meeting and, and, and it was almost like a, a fighting match people fussing and and even cussing over the aisles. And and, and I said, oh, are you kidding me? And he said, no, sir. Oh, we can't have that kind of stuff in the house of God and be a house of prayer. Can't do it. Can't do it. The fourth thing Paul mentioned that should be put away is evil speaking. This refers to slanderous talk. This side talks about this side, and this side talks about that side, and and all of you talk about the men on the platform, and we don't need that kind of stuff. Amen? The Christian should have no part in destroying another person's character. Amen. James four eleven says, Speak not evil one of another brethren. Did you hear that? Speak not against another Christian. We are to be a family. We are to be kind and loving. And then in verse 32, Paul describes the Christian that has a successful prayer life. We have looked at the at the lost person or the carnal person, and now let's look at the real Christian. Look in verse 32. He is kind. He is a kind person. He is someone that is kind to other people. And the word kind comes from such words as kin and kindred. Do you realize that we are blood? Someone said, well, he's not, he's not blood, Brother Beckham. He's not in my blood. Well, listen now, listen. What? Whose blood washed you white as snow? Huh? It was Jesus' blood. And the same blood that washed away your sins, washed away my sins. And that makes us kin people. And we need to be kind one to another. Not just kind, but tender hearted. We should cry when others of the church cries. We should hurt when the church hurts. That's a real Christian. He is to be forgiving. Notice the extent to which we should forgive one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us, we are to forgive the same way towards our fellow believers. Boy, it's quiet tonight. Even as... Christ forgave us. That's the way we are to forgive one another. I have heard people say down through the years, Brother Beckham, I don't have any problem in forgiving someone, but I, I can't forget it. Well, you haven't forgiven it. If you still think about it, you haven't forgiven it. If it's still bearing on your mind... And you, when you walk by them, you just stare at them. Hey, uh-uh. That's not, that's not my Christ. That's not, that's not the way Christ treats me. Amen? Hmm. This is what he expects us to do. That's if we want to be a house of prayer... But if we are going to just play church and, you know, well, just forget all this. But if, if you are the church, I think you are, you want to be kind. The last two or three days, kindness has walked in my room many times text messages, calls. Brother Beckham, are you okay? Are you, do you need something? And I compliment you for that. The third direction to a life of prayer is praying in the Holy Spirit and don't let that bother you. In the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2:18 For through him we both have access by one Spirit in, unto the Father. Ephesians 6:18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Jude 20 But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, amen in under the influence of the holy spirit and then romans 8:26 likewise the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered there will be times in your walk with god that you won't know what to say I can, re- I can go back 21, 22, 23 years ago. Walking into a hospital room with dying tubes all over her body. Couldn't speak. And all I could do is to hold her hand. I had no words. I didn't know what to say. So I turned the situation over to the Spirit of God. And comfort came all over me. He helped me in my infirmity. and all oh, my, I am so indebted to Him. He helped me to go through the darkest hour of my life. I guess that's the reason why I want to be so kind to other people. I want to have a heart like other people that are going through losing their spouse, losing a child. And that's what that's what this third direction is talking about us being being kind being loving If we pray in the spirit of God you will be kind and you will be loving And if you're not you're not praying in the Holy Spirit A lot of people are are scared of of the Holy Ghost teaching in the Bible. But you're looking at a man that's not afraid of it. And I'm not afraid to preach it, because it's Bible. Amen? Yeah. Walk in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Love in the Spirit. Then you can call yourself a Christian. Because that's the way Jesus prayed. He prayed in the Spirit. How about you? Today, have you... Have you prayed like you should? The fourth direction in the life of prayer is to pray in the name of Jesus. You know, sometimes... I'm just in my closet, just my father and myself. My door is shut. It's locked, as the old Puritans would say. Don't just shut it, lock it. Make sure that no one else can get in there. And you know, I, uh, sometimes I'll just say, Jesus. The power that's in that name, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I want to live for you. I want to preach your book. Jesus. Sometimes I'll just say, Jesus, I love you. Sometimes I'll have to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you right now. And you know, I don't even get the prayer out of my mouth good before the Lord has already met the need. Because he knows what my need is before I even pray. And so, you know, the most precious name on on earth, Jesus. When you get in a bad situation... Just say, Jesus, it's so wonderful. It's wonderful to see how he works. I'm not going to cover the last two. I told you last night, sometimes we, we deal with one and For the whole week, sometimes we deal with two or three or four. But I think you have heard enough to know where you're at spiritually. You can come to church, you can go through all the rituals, you can do all the good things, and still not be where you should be with God. I'm a I'm a good example of that. Pastor to church. Pastor to church. Wrote books. Wrote articles for all types of books. Went to the mission field. From 7.30 to 1 every day, it was my routine to study and to read. From 2 to about 4 or 5, I was out knocking doors. Then I was home with my family at night. I thought I was doing good. Church, listen. I was just spinning my wheels because I was doing all of those things without a prayer life. I was doing all of those things and people was complimenting me and, and, you know, all this stuff that people does. But when 1996 came around, I got a call from heaven. I mean a personal call from my father. And he instructed me what I was going to do the rest of my life. And I was hurt. I was broken, but I will never forget it. I knelt to my knees, and I put my head on the on the on the floor, and I said, "Lord, I don't understand, but I will do what you want me to." And it's been wonderful for 21 years. Still got a ways to go. That's the reason I must have that relationship. Without that relationship, I'm spinning my wheels. Brother Harkin, I'm just spinning my wheels. That's all I'm doing. Well, that would have been what I was doing. But I got it right. And now I have this burden to call the local church back to prayer. Got this burden to put out this Bible, the Intercessor Prayer Study Bible, of all the prayers. Got three or four more books to write. And I'm just praying, Lord, keep me healthy. Keep me strong. Where I can bring glory to you. I'm going to ask you to stand, please. And as our instruments, Begins to play song of your own choice. The altars are open.